Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. He's got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. This is a quick reaction pod to the round one of the NFL draft last night. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what happened as far as the Bills roster is concerned and our reactions to how the draft went overall. What'd you think? Did you enjoy waking up and seeing who got picked and not watching it live last night, Eric? Yeah, I told you it's like Christmas for me, man. It's Christmas morning, getting up. I'm super excited. Uh, And yeah, what do you think we're going to do? Stay up late and watch all these people get picked like 15 minute uh in 15 minute intervals i don't think so bro at least set an alarm for like two minutes into the draft no. so that you okay. can if it's a wake game up. That's one thing if i'm waking up to like if i'm going to bed to set an alarm to wake up for a big game and watch that that's one thing and i have no problem with that i cannot to myself justify yeah setting an alarm to wake up and watch the draft no thank you i love the no draft. you just it's you just wake up for event. the bill's pick that's nah, all. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Good luck trying that, especially when they trade up two spots. You know what I mean? No, nah, that's true. They're constantly trading all over the place. So why don't we start there? It seems like the word on Brandon Bean, if you listen to the Buffalo media and read articles, is that like basically everyone now just views Brandon Bean as this crazy man who can't possibly wait and just take his picks. He has to trade, especially when he sees like a guy who's the last guy in whatever tier he's looking at. He must go up and get that guy. Do you see this as like a negative, a negative trait that Brandon Bean has, or do you see it more as like a very decisive leadership position? And he's just going and getting the guys he believes in, which could be good for the team. Well, it's only negative if it doesn't work out, right? Like in a vacuum, I like the pick. I like Dalton Kincaid. I like that Brandon Bean was decisive, as you mentioned, and I think he honestly needed to be decisive in this case because uh, the Dallas Cowboys were picking right after the Jacksonville Jaguars right in front of the Bills' original slot, and the Dallas Cowboys really need a tight end. They did not select a tight end, but I'm wondering if part of the reason is because the Bills jumped ahead and grabbed the guy they would have wanted, you know? So I don't have any problem with Brandon being, being aggressive, being decisive, as you want to say. As long as it works out. How do you feel about it? Well, I sort of like, I mean, I'm not a Jaguars fan, but I kind of like their strategy of just like letting everyone, waving everyone in ahead of them. That's fine. And just accumulating later picks. Just everybody come on in, take our picks and moving back two picks and then one pick. And then, you know, I think that's a smart move if you don't see any value in who's left on the board. Honestly, when the Bills traded up, it was after that crazy run on receivers. All the top receivers were gone. All four of them went right in a row. And so I didn't know who they were going up to get. I was thinking no safeties have been taken. Maybe he really wants that safety uh, from Alabama because he's still on the board, right? Brian Branch. Branch, No safety pick in the first round. 
there were no tackles left. So offensive line didn't seem like it made any sense. And I was kind of going through the things that we had talked about. We never considered the Bills picking a tight end. And I think that's just because the Bills just signed Dawson Knox to a huge contract. And they're not a team that uses tight ends the way that some offenses do. You know, the Chiefs kind of famous for always Travis Kelsey and then somebody else who's out there making space and they use two tight end sets a lot. The Patriots did this for a long time. A lot of teams like to use tight ends and the Bills don't. So when the Bills traded up to get this guy, I think what they did is not only did they pick um, a player who's a bit of a mismatch problem for defenses, but they took sort of the receiver that we wanted. But in order to do that, they're going to have to change the way that their offense looks. They're going to have to do things a lot differently than the way that they've been doing them under Sean McDermott the whole time. So I like the pick because he's a crazy athletic tight end. He's more like a receiver. seems like he's kind of going to be like doing what Cole Beasley did, except twice the size. But this only works if you change the offense to be an offense that uses two tight ends very, very often. So unless Ken Dorsey can accommodate that change, this is going to look like a very confusing pick in a couple of years. But if they change the way the offense looks and Kincaid is on the field all the time with Dawson Knox and Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis, then you've got a real scary offense as long as Dorsey knows what to do with them. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is like the last, what was it? Three or four years. It's been the day ball. Now the branch of that offense, offensive system and the 2011 Patriots, they have never been, you know, like they, they've had Dawson Knox and then they've had great locker room guy, Tommy Sweeney, you know, and, and never has a second tight end had a real impact on a Bills offense in, in the Sean McDermott era. Um, the thing that I just, I don't know, I, I said that I like the pick in a vacuum, which is true. I like Dalton Kincaid as a player. He's a big, basically a big wide receiver. And I do like that Brandon Bean identified the need, or, or not rather identified the need, but identified his desire and and the need to go up and get him because the Cowboys were probably eyeing him up as well. But I just feel like it's a total missed opportunity on a position of greater need. I know wide receiver, as you said, they had a big run. So at that point, I think wide receivers off the board, um, safety uh, there. Brian branch is still out there. As we said, Osiris Torrance, the floor, the Florida guard is still on the board. And the whole thing is like by itself, as I said, this is a good pick, but you just gave Dawson Knox a huge contract leading up to last season. And so I feel it's kind of good pick, bad team building. I don't know. Well, I think this just isn't how we expected them to improve the offense. Like I've been saying since they lost to the Bengals next year, change the offense, make it better, fix it, make it elite. And my vision on how they were going to do that involved adding a number two receiver who is a dangerous threat. And, and I don't know if that was their plan, but the way that the draft fell, that just wasn't possible. You know, none of those receivers who were going to be difference makers for them were available where they were picking. And so this, whether it was plan A or not, is a way to improve the offense in a huge way. If this kid is as electric as he is, 
The problem with it is you now need to reimagine the way that the offense is going to run because you can't be running as many as many three wide receiver sets as they often do. Sometimes they run four wide receiver sets. Like you've got two tight ends that have to be on the field all the time now because one you have invested a first round pick in the other one you just extended a contract gave him a contract through twenty twenty six so those two guys have to be playing otherwise you're wasting an asset and I'm willing to give Brandon Bean and company the benefit of the doubt I'm going to choose to believe right now that they've got a plan that involves making this offense look very different in a scary way and so if you choose to believe that then this is a great pick and you can be very happy today exactly I, I think. It's going to take a little bit, you know me, it's going to take a little bit to uh, stuff my pessimist side in a, in a dumpster here and embrace the pick because, as I said, I do like the player. He's, he's a hell of a player, and it's basically like having a giant wide receiver out on the field based on what he was able to do uh, in college. So if the Bills find a way to utilize his talents and still have Dawson Knox make an impact on the offense as well, then bully. I will. I could not be happier. Uh, in terms of dudes left on the board, right? The, the people we mentioned: Brian Branch, Osiris Torrance, uh, others. Where do you think the Bills go from here, Graham? Well, so I think it's still possible that the Bills add a receiver. Um, there are still receivers around. They're just not first-round talent receivers. So, I sort of played around with some mock drafts today to see what I, I thought the Bills could do. I think they're going to address defense here at some point, but I'm sort of expecting them today on day two of the draft to get a defensive lineman and possibly an, another receiver if there's value there. Because some of these guys who are marginal day one guys uh, like Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, right? Hyatt's not gone yet. Hyatt I don't think. Nope. So th- there's there are a lot of talented receivers who still exist on this draft board that you can see the bills go after, but I also think that they do have a need on the defensive line. They're going to have to address today. Obviously linebacker as a whole, um, they may or may not go after that. They, they may just because of the way that things went yesterday, just end up rolling the dice with Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson and see what happens. But I'm sort of expecting a defensive lineman and possibly a receiver today. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think that they're going to go offensive line, actually. I think they'll go offensive line. I think they will definitely add a receiver. I hope, as we said in our last podcast or two podcasts ago, I hope it is not Jalen Hyatt. Uh, but if he ends up dropping around three, sure, that's fine. Well, yeah, right. Your problem was with taking Jalen Hyatt in the first round. So now that we're in the second round, that's a receiver who's got you know, potential and sort of the measurables that maybe would be nice because the problem with a lot of these receivers is you see who's available. They're also teeny tiny little bitty guys. No, that's the thing, because I think if the bills are able to grab a guy who drops to them at, in the second round, like if Osiris Torrance, as I keep mentioning, keeps dropping. If, um, oh, what's the big guy from Dewan Jones, Ohio State? He's massive, like 6'8", 390 or something like that. If the big offensive tackle out of Ohio State keeps falling, uh, that would be a nice second round pick. Round three, however, is a really good spot to take like a Cedric Tillman um, and uh, Mingo, the guy that I mentioned liking before. Mingo, the wide receiver out of... Uh, Ole Miss. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, actually. Jonathan Mingo. He's like a smaller, slower. He's like a thick guy, though, right? He's like 
kind he's of like, like he's 220 pounds or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like DK Metcalf. Uh, yeah, shorter. But I like him. Um, yeah. I like the idea if in round three this. Um, like Marvin Mims is still hanging around. That's a guy who's not quite exactly the same measurements as all these other receivers who uh, I'm looking at on the board. Uh, I forget the guy's name from Wake Forest. I sort of liked what I read about him. Do you have him on your list? Oh, AJ, what's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now, but um, A.T. Perry, right? A.T. Perry, right. If, the, if any of those three guys is around and they could grab a receiver, one of those three in the third round, that would be amazing. So I think my dream scenario here would be a defensive tackle like, you know, in our mock, we, we came up with a defensive tackle. I think we went with uh, Moro Ojomo at, at one point, but I'd like a defensive tackle who's like a thicker run stuffing, one technique guy. I know there are some guys that are faster pass rusher interior defensive tackles. I, I'd rather not get another guy like that. But if we could stack the interior of the defensive line with some run support and get a wide receiver. That would make me happy. Although the offensive line does need help. I just don't see them drafting a tackle because I think they do love Spencer Brown or they're at least committed to trying to make Spencer Brown work. And if you pick a tackle in the second round, that immediately would raise the question who's starting at right tackle next year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dewan Taylor, I think is a tackle only guy. Um, If they, were to get Osiris Torrance, that would be awesome. He's kind of a strictly interior dude. Uh, in terms of the big, like, space-eating kinds of defensive tackles, I think we didn't talk about him uh, uh, leading up to the draft, but Keanu Benton is a pretty big guy out of Wisconsin. He's uh, got very good athletic athleticism and played really well for Wisconsin. So if he's around, I would have no problem with that. I just want them to work on the uh, interior part of the offensive line. You know, like we mentioned it in our draft thing, it's really important, I think, not only to upgrade at guard, but to, if you can, grab a successor to Mitch Morse because he's getting older, he's getting expensive, and he's on, like, his fifth concussion right now. So uh, I, I wouldn't want to have to bank on Mitch forever. But... Yeah, I, I would be fine if they grab a big defensive tackle. I definitely think you need to walk out of the middle of the draft with a wide receiver. We picked our wide receiver at the fir- in the first round of our draft simulation, so we didn't have to worry about it ever again. But I think this is a draft class where the middle of the pack kind of receivers that we see still on the board right now are very good for the most part. And yeah, a lot of different body types, as you mentioned. Marvin Mims is, is, I think, a little more in the mold of the smaller guys that we mentioned, if I remember correctly. But A.T. Perry, the guy who you just uh, said, he's like 6'3", 200. Jonathan Mingo's big. Cedric Tillman's big. Grab one of those big dudes. Make it happen. I think if they double up, you know, the Bills have a, a second-round pick and a third-round pick today. If they double up at any side of the ball, I'll be unhappy with that. I think I want them to sort of split it up. Devote one of those picks to the defensive line or defensive side of the ball. Devote the other one to the offensive side. I get that. I get that. But I mean, like, if one of these dudes drops, like, a potential first rounder, grab him in the second round if he's still there. Osiris Torrance is that guy. But, I mean, my dream scenario would be a guy who I was kind of pounding the table for in our simulator. Uh, and he's a defensive player. That's Brian Branch. I really like him as a safety. He can sort of be your slot cornerback dude as well. Uh, I think he's got a lot of versatility, position versatility, and I think his playing style is or fits 
really well with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. So if he's on the board or if it's looking like he's dropping some more, I wouldn't mind to trade up there either in the second round to grab Brian Branch because if they had traded up to 25 and selected Brian Branch, I would not have, I would say that's a great pick. So the fact that they can maybe get him in the second is even sweeter. The only problem with this, with you're saying drafting a, a successor to Mitch Morris, draft a depth tackle or a guard, draft a successor to Micah Hyde, doing that in the second round, that's the place where you can still get guys that can help your team right now and change the way your offense or defense looks right now. And the Bills are in win right now mode. So spending one of those picks on the future is one of those. Don't, What's that? Like, ideally, Dalton Kincaid is the guy who helps you win right now. Dalton Kincaid right. is the guy who unlocks a different part of your offense, uh, takes some of the pressure off of Dawson Knox and Stefan Diggs to some extent, you know. And I think Dalton Kincaid, if used correctly, can be a dude who contributes right away. And so if you take somebody in the second round who yeah, can can be groomed behind one of the dudes who is helping your team right now. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that the idea of a window is a very hazy concept, right? Like Josh Allen's on this team, they have a window. Uh, I don't think that just because Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde have played really well the last years, that doesn't necessarily mean they're even going to be playing well this year. So I would say it's better to plan ahead now as opposed to just believing that you're going to get the same kind of production out of the guys who, who have been productive for the last few years and just keep kicking the can down the road. I, I think that you need to have a balance of thinking ahead and adding a guy. So round one, add a guy who can contribute now. Round two, if you grab somebody who can develop, cool, go for it. And I think if, if a guy like Brian Branch fell, to the Bills in the second round, then that'd be great. I don't think I want them to trade up right now. I think it'd be more likely that you might see Brandon Bean try to recover some of those picks that we've lost. We already we only have like four picks in the left in the entire draft or five or something like that. So I think it'd be more likely that you might see him use his second round pick or third round pick to trade back and get a few more picks for Saturday because you'd need to bring in more than just five or six guys from this draft class, I think. And, and the strength of the draft is really more in the middle of the draft than it is at the top anyway. So I'd be more likely to see him trade back than to trade up. But if a guy like Brian Branch is there, I, I'm fine with taking him. Just make sure that in the third round, you address the offense, get somebody who can play, someone who can play guard, somebody who can play wide receiver. Make sure you help both sides of the ball here with these two picks today. Yeah. I think my dad wants in the worst way the Bills to get Jarrett Patterson out of Notre Dame. Uh, played guard and center for the Fighting Irish, and he's like a six-round prospect. So if he's around at pick 205, which the Bills have, welcome to Buffalo, Jarrett. <laughs> I think it's possible. Yeah. Could use some help. Um, any big-time surprises in terms of who's left on the board or big-time surprises in terms of who got selected, Graham? Uh, well, it's a, it's a little surprising that Will Levis is still sitting there. Um, I'm feeling a little bad for him because some people thought, you know, he could be a sneaky top, like number two quarterback off the board candidate because some teams might like him better than you would have expected them to. So that was a little sad to see. 
but then, yeah, watching the draft last night, it was pretty exciting. There was a lot going on. Uh, the Texans made headlines immediately by trading up for the third pick after spending the second pick on C.J. Stroud, the quarterback who a lot of people said the Texans didn't even like in the first place. Yeah. So I don't know if there were smoke screens there or what. But they got their quarterback, and then they went up and they got their defensive end, and so I think they're pretty excited about how they started the draft. It was a little depressing seeing four receivers go consecutively right before the Bills because no receivers were off the board at pick 19, and so it was starting to look possible that the Bills could get somebody like Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, and then all of a sudden all those teams just started taking them. Um, and that's when you started to realize that the Bills didn't have a shot at that. And then the Lions, the Lions were kind of crazy. They traded out of their top pick and then drafted a running back. They drafted that Alabama running back. Like, I don't even know where in the draft, but it was the first pick of the draft, I think, right? He like, yeah, I think he was like the 12th pick, if I'm not mistaken. He was their first. And they were their first draft pumped. They showed the Lions war room and they were going crazy in there that they just got this running back. And I was just thinking, like, obviously, I don't know anything, but I was wondering if, like, any other teams had considered this guy. They probably could have had him in the second round. No one else was going to draft a running back at the top of the draft like that, but they did that. Uh, And then I forget who they drafted second, but that one was Jack Campbell. Oh, yeah, a linebacker that everybody kind of thought would be around in the second round as well. So. Uh, I thought the Lions were a little confusing. And then, obviously, B. John Robinson going to the Falcons was interesting because now you, you get to know where a lot of people said the top talent in the draft entirely is B. John Robinson. Where is he going to go? He's going to go to Atlanta, a team that's not really prepared to put the stamp on their final offense with just adding a running back, you know? Seems like... Um, like, what are you doing? This is not the piece you need right now. You need more important pieces in place before you can utilize that properly. Yeah, I, I dude, I totally agree, especially because you got a 1,000 yard Caesar out of a, a season out of a fifth round rookie last year. Tyler Algier had 1,000 yards in this offense. And so you think, okay, great. You, that kind of proves it that you don't need to have a, a spend a high draft pick on a guy to get productivity at him. But for some reason, even though I was saying that to myself in my rational brain, I um, just kind of thought as a foregone conclusion, B. John Robinson is going in the top 10 and it's most likely going to be Arthur Smith who values the run game over any other head coach. Sure enough, that happened. Jameer Gibbs though, going 12 overall, like, as you said, we don't know anything, but from everything I heard, it was more a question of can he sneak in maybe at the end of the first round uh, as opposed to him going 12th overall. And that's not to mention they just signed David Montgomery from the Bears for a very healthy con- to a very healthy contract. And they have DeAndre Swift, who granted they did not draft in the second round two or three years ago. But yeah, three years ago, I guess it would have been. But he's been pretty productive for them when he's not injured. So I don't know if I'm Brandon Bean. Honestly, I'm calling up the uh, Detroit Lions and seeing if how much it's going to take for them to part with DeAndre Swift because I can't imagine he's got a big role in this offense with Jameer Gibbs coming to town and having a very similar skill set. Yeah, that was very confusing to watch. And and then the other team that I'm 
definitely afraid of at this point is the Eagles. They landed Jalen Carter at nine. Some people thought he was the best player in the draft and could go two. Probably should have gone one if there weren't teams that needed quarterbacks, but just was crazy talented. Eagles get him at nine, and then they get Nolan Smith at the end of the draft. So they really pad their already kind of scary defensive line, and that's just a, a front that you don't want to face at this point. I've seen some good stuff where it's like, damn, Howie, Howie Roseman out here playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. He looked at the best defense in college football over the last three years and was like, yes, I will have that because all these – former Georgia Bulldogs playing for the Eagles right now. And they're almost all on defense. You got, who is it? Big Jordan Davis. Now Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, as you mentioned, uh, they got uh, Keanu Neal, the linebacker. They just got a bunch of Bulldogs there. And Howie Roseman building up the uh, two-time national championship defense. Yeah. So I think they did pretty well for themselves. Um, I also thought it was very funny that the Dolphins didn't get to pick. I find that hilarious. Yeah. And that the Jets did not get the tackle that they clearly wanted because the, the Steelers leapfrogged right over the top of them and took the tackle they needed. And I just think Aaron Rodgers probably had to be like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? I just show up here. You guys probably told me, don't worry. <laughs> We're going to shore up this offensive line. We're going to get a tackle. It's going to be fine. And then the Steelers just step in and take them, and the Jets just have to, I don't know, what do we do? We take a defensive end? Fine, take a defensive end. So uh, I don't think the Jets did what they wanted to do. And I know that um, the, the defensive end they picked from Iowa State, he looks scary measurables. He's super bendy, but he's kind of a, a question mark, unproven guy with just a lot of potential. Um, so... You know, I was happy to see what they did because I don't think it worked out for him. Yeah, man. He's the fourth, though. Think of that. He's the fourth version of himself. So he's like 4.0. That's scary. He's super bendy, as you said, super athletic. And if you uh, – who's the guy they picked in the first round last year? Jermaine Johnson, right, out of uh, Florida State. So yeah. that is a scary pairing for sure uh, if – so either of those guys end up hitting. And I think Jermaine Johnson had an okay rookie year. Either of those guys hit. And then you got Quinn and Williams in the middle. That's that's a scary defensive line for the Bills to face. So they might have not gotten the tackle that they wanted, but they're building something scary on defense over there for sure. Uh, the Patriots, I don't know if you mentioned, grabbed Christian Gonzalez, who could have easily been the first cornerback off the board. He was not. I believe the he ended up falling to yeah, he fell to the Patriots, right? They did not trade up for him, so he they traded back, didn't they? They might have traded back. Uh I don't remember if the Patriots traded it back was like or not. In the middle of the draft. I think they were picking at 17, 16, 17, something like that. And they got Christian Gonzalez, who's big, super athletic, and um for the most part, I feel like Bill Belichick does a really good job coaching up defensive backs so that's kind of his specialty right that's his passion <laughs> excuse me that's his passion I got a little passionate there myself um yeah I, I think that the dolphins that's so embarrassing dude they suck like they lost their first round draft pick because they wanted to get tom brady and sean payton they didn't get either of those guys they suck yeah i'm with you how about Tom, Tom Brady, though? Him, too. You were involved in all that. We all know he was involved in all that. And he just, like, pretends, <laughs> like, oh, no, there's no official documentation of me having anything to do with that. I'm just going to retire over here. 
even now he had like the weirdest response to a question. He's, he's living in Florida or whatever. And he was at some event in Miami, I think it was. And a reporter asked him like, Hey, do you think you'd ever come out of retirement to play for the dolphins? And he didn't say no, but he didn't answer the question all at all. He just started talking about how many friends he has on the, uh, on the dolphins. Oh, I did see this quote. Yeah. I saw him. Yeah. I got a lot of friends. Yeah. I'm so sick of him. He is the worst. Tom Brady is the no, worst. He's technically the best, but anyway. Uh, oh, he's, outside he's terrible. of draft stuff, Graham, fun, fun news around the league, huh? What, you wanna, you wanna Not fun. All right. I filled out a very official. I took my time. It's the morning of the draft. I sat down and I really thought about every single pick, and I did a mock draft that I was very proud of that included – the Baltimore Ravens trading Lamar Jackson to the Colts to move up and pick at four. Mm. And I stamped this baby and I was like, I nailed it. And then like an hour or two later, I see the news that Lamar Jackson actually got a deal done. He and his mom put their heads together. They patched together all the different pieces of the contracts that had been sent over. And they, they said, fine, let's go with this one. And the Ravens made him, I guess, the, now he's the highest paid player in NFL history or something, right? So yeah, I guess yeah. that's the way that it goes. Whoever the next quarterback is to get a contract is number one. $52 million a year over five years. And you know what? Like, uh, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan in general. I think it was just really obnoxious, uh, the whole process of he and the Ravens haggling and stuff like that. But credit to him, man. Like, he basically saw the Jalen Hurts contract and said, I will have that, you know? So no agent able to get it done and sign the richest deal in NFL history. Uh, good for him. And he made me a very rich man because uh, I won our $20 bet. No big deal. Yeah, whatever. I'll send you over 20 I don't know what's better, euros or dollars, but you'll get whatever's worse. That's for sure. It was $20. So I'll take dollars. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, I could sit here and say that I never had any doubts about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson reaching a long-term agreement. That would be false though, because there were many times when I thought my money was gone, but uh, in the end it all works out for the good guys. You know what I mean? I think it works out for the AFC because uh, fine by me. If you want to be the Ravens and hitch your horse to that wagon and hamstring your team cap wise, like fine. The Bills have not had a problem with Lamar Jackson. I I just don't see an element to him that's going to change, and he's just all of a sudden going to become this quarterback who can see the field and throw it anywhere without any problems. This is just here. You go. You're going to watch him try to run behind an offense that refuses to draft receivers, although although last night they drafted Dave Flowers and they just picked up Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. So we'll see if if they change the way that their offense runs. But I, I'm of the opinion that the reason they haven't gone that direction is because they know Lamar is not the quarterback who can handle that type of an offense. So maybe I'll be proven wrong, but fine by me. I think that this is bad for the Ravens and that makes it good for the Bills. So I'm happy in that sense. Um, but I am disappointed that I was wrong on this bet. I think that if you are a Baltimore Ravens fan and you drink, you're drinking their Kool-Aid, you could very easily convince yourself, though, that the problem was not Lamar Jackson uh, and his playing style at quarterback. The, the, 
problem could easily be pinned on Greg Roman. You know, like think of any offense Greg Roman has ever run, and it has been a very, very run-centered offense with athletic quarterbacks. You know, he was an offensive coordinator for the Bills when they had Tyrod Taylor. He was the offensive coordinator in San Francisco when they had Colin Kaepernick. Uh, so he certainly molded aspects of his offense around the quarterback that he had. But who's to say that that did not also kind of restrict the quarterbacks to what was available to them in terms of passing and wide receiver development and everything like that. It'll be interesting to see if Zay Flowers ends up being the guy to unlock or help unlock Lamar Jackson as a next level thrower of the football. I kind of see this pick as just trying the same thing as they did with um, uh, the guy that they traded to Arizona, Hollywood Brown. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like smaller, fast guy. Hollywood Brown. Being yeah. Consistent catching the football. So we will see maybe the, off- the new offensive coordinator in Baltimore really helps out Lamar. So I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say, Oh, this is good for the AFC because the Ravens are still a very, a much scarier team with Lamar than without him, especially right now. But uh, it remains to be seen how all of the new offensive additions work out for them. That's true. And one other domino that is yet to fall into place is what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins so I guess that's kind of the final question that some Bills fans are asking right now. Would you still be for the Bills adding DeAndre Hopkins today? Do you think that would be a good move for the Bills offense now that they've got an, an electric tight end that nobody kind of saw coming? Is there still room for an addition like that? Uh, yeah, team-wise, sure. Cap-wise, salary-wise, I don't know how they can make that happen. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, has a salary cap hit of something like 30 million this year, which is why the Cardinals are looking to get rid of him. Now the bills would not take that full 30 if he came to Buffalo, but he still owed something like a 19 million. I think I remember reading like a $19 million base salary. And I don't know how the bills could fit that under their cap, especially after uh, signing this rookie draft class that they got coming up. So I, I imagine it would have to involve a trade. During the draft, you'd be sending a lot of picks. asking me offensive-wise if having one of the better receivers in the league from the last 10 years is going to be a good thing for the Bills offense, then hell yeah. But I just don't know uh, if I see that happening unless the Cardinals get absolutely desperate and do something like the Rams did with Allen Robinson where they're just willing to eat a lot of the salary for this year, help pay some of that salary, to get him out of town and get him off their books. What if it meant the Bills lose two more picks in the rest of this draft? Depends on what picks. If you're talking second and third or something like that, then no. Let's say second and the Cardinals' fifth-round pick at the beginning that they still have, because they got rid of their fourth already. So let's say you lose your your second-round pick and your beginning of the fifth-round pick, and you get DeAndre Hopkins and your cap is strapped. I think it's a dice roll at that or a, a coin toss at that point. What do you think? It'd be pretty exciting. That offense would be very scary. Mm. I mean, there are teams that are loading up on offense, but you'd have to look at the bills as two tight ends who are dangerous tight ends. And then you'd now have Diggs and Hopkins and, you know, James cook hopefully is going to be an electric 
uh, out of the backfield threat for the Bills. I think that would make the Bills offense unbelievable. Again, assuming that Ken Dorsey knows what to do with it. But um, yeah, I think I wouldn't do it because I think I'm more conservative from the financial and, you know, the, the team building aspect. I probably wouldn't want to rock the boat too much with one move. But man, if they did it today, that would really excite me for sure. All right, then to play devil's advocate, I'll say I wouldn't be excited, as excited as you, because, yeah, we've been talking about having to add a receiver this year and stuff like that. But I, even as good as DeAndre Hopkins has been, I don't know that like upgrading at receiver is the one thing that the Bills offense needs to go over the top. Like, to me, it was with an inconsistent ground game. It was problems protecting Josh. It was those things being the main thing holding back the Bills offense when they did enter their funks as opposed to, you know, being super upset with Gabe Davis. We were upset with Gabe Davis. That was for different reasons because I think we all just had really high expectations for him that he didn't quite meet, but he had a good season overall. Stefan Diggs balled out as he always does and, and, yeah, I think that I would err more on the side of being a little bit disappointed if the Bills traded for DeAndre Hopkins and um, kind of overlooked some of their other needs on offense. All right. Well, there you have it. We hope they don't trade for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. We hope that Jalen they Hyatt. go Bills. No, no, I'm not on that train. Draft Jalen Hyatt. It's day two. Add a receiver. See, Add a dangerous thing, receiver. I mean, Okay, if you uh, and I thought about this too because I did say earlier, like, yeah, if he falls to the third round, then you can grab him. But I don't know, man. Like, if you don't like a player, then sure, there's something to be said about like the change in value and stuff. Of well, if you can get him in the third round, that's you know, people thought he was a first round. But if you don't like the player, then that reason remains. So it doesn't matter, honestly, if you pick him in the first round or the seventh round. If you don't like him as a player, then you shouldn't be happy that. They, your team got him, you know? Well, so your problem was you just don't think he's a good player, period? It wasn't even that you don't think he's a first-round value. It's that there's no place for this guy on our roster? No, and yeah, that's unfair to Jalen Hyatt. I shouldn't say it like that. I The thing that scares me about Jalen Hyatt is he is very thin as an NFL body wide receiver, and he is a one-trick pony. And And my deal is that there are still even at this stage in the game better receiver prospects that i like more so it's not that you know he's terrible and i would be upset even if they did get him in the sixth round or something like that it's just yeah i can't really convince myself to be super into him but that probably means the bills are going to grab him i think so so all right to put a bookend on this the bills pick in the second and the third round today the two positions you hope they fill are what? Mm, I don't know, man. It depends on who's available. Uh, let's say either of the lines, either of the interior lines, so offense or defense. So you hope they go one offensive line, one defensive line? Yeah, but if Brian Branch is around, grab, grab him. <laughs> Obviously, the question is more nuanced, but, you know, we'll summarize it by what do we hope for? I think a defensive line pick and a receiver pick is what I'm hoping for. I know they picked a tight end and that's kind of like a receiver. I still want them to add a receiver because the Gabe Davis thing hasn't gone away and I'd like 
a player who could maybe step in and fill that role in case they maybe don't want to sign him to a second contract. So I'm hoping for a receiver today. All right. I'll go receiver and offensive lineman. All right. Neglecting the defense entirely. Double offense, baby. You know, for a guy whose stance was, we just lost to the Bengals. We just lost to the Bengals. And what we need to do is revamp the defense. This is a very strange draft for you. Yeah, it is. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm going crazy. I uh, filled out a mock draft late last night before going to bed. And like in my tired brain mode, I was like, this could end up being like 32 out of 32 or 31 out of 31. Right? <laughs> I like took a picture. I've done it. Took a I'm going to frame it. it. I took a picture <laughs> of it next to a clock to be like, if anybody poo poos me on this, I've got proof, you know? And then, uh, yeah, I was wildly off on a lot of picks. I ended up, as I said, yeah. you know, tired brain mode, man. I uh, predicted that the Bills were going to trade up. In in my mind, the commanders were looking to uh, save some scratch, save some money, changing ownership and not really knowing what the new owners are going to want. So I thought that commanders would be a prime spot for the Bills to trade up and grab somebody that they liked, especially after an earlier, much earlier run on wide receivers, and I had them getting Zay Flowers. Yeah. Wow. Well, that would have been wonderful. Um, I sat down with my dad before the draft, and we each picked eight players who we thought the Bills could draft, and we said, you know, the winner is whoever picks the guy the Bills end up with. So out of 16 guys that we sat down and drafted, none of them was Dalton Dalton King. So I had no idea. I don't think anybody did, but that's what makes it a lot of fun. I had fun watching it, and I'm super pumped for round two. And I don't know, round three, I like hearing who the Bills pick, but I definitely don't pay as much attention to – or sorry, day three. Round three I'm into. But, you know, Saturday it's just doing other things, and then, oh, the Bills picked. Who is it? That kind of a thing. Right, right, right. All right, man. Thank you, everyone, for checking in on this quick little podcast. And uh, go Bills. Go Bills.